Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Breakfast toast being served here. It's Friday. It's December 2nd. It's Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We're happy to have you here joining us, Emil Calamino and I, for the next hour, maybe a little bit of an hour plus. going to be talking college football, NFL football, and uh, I will have some high school football talk in the second hour with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Emil, you ready for the weekend? I am. When, are, when will you be going to Atlanta, or are you going to stay home and watch this one on TV? I am going to go to Atlanta. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to miss the opportunity to go to an SEC championship game, despite the fact that no one, no one in the world gives the Florida Gators any chance in this football game. But I wouldn't pass up the chance to go see the SEC championship game. And when you go to the uh, SEC championship game, and I was there longer last year because, unfortunately, we got booted out of the playoffs before this time, so... I was there for Friday and Saturday. Um, you understand why SEC football is what it is. There is, tr- there is huge, tremendous uh, fan following uh, and fanfare at uh, the SEC championship game. So, you know, I understand people hate the SEC. They hate all of the slant, uh, the media slant towards the SEC. But the truth of the matter is, is that money flows through the SEC, and it has a lot to do with a very strong fan base. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt that to, to a large extent, you know, that they're, they're more, what's the word, maybe I'll we'll use just a common phrase here. They're more into it, I'd say. Not that all college football fans can't get crazy at times, but I think it's more consistent throughout the SEC. Um, you know, whether yeah, the team is... Yeah, I don't think you can is, have a Paul Feinbaum show at the level of a Paul Feinbaum show for uh, really any of the other conferences, ACC, um, uh, Big no, no, no. Ten, Pac-12. I just no, don't no, think no. you could have that. No, it doesn't mean they're bad. I, you know, you explained it well, you know, over the years we've been doing the show and even as recently, I think, as last week. You know, a large part of that also comes down to where the schools are located and what else is going on, you know, and that's not that's not a shot at anything. It's just, it just an explanation. I mean, you know, you take a look at most of the SEC schools, they're in places where there's not a hell of a lot of other distractions from other things pulling your entertainment dollars or time. I mean, you know, there's not much going on in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, outside of Alabama football. Um, sure. I, just, you know, listen, I, that's the, you can make that case um, also for some areas in the Big Ten, you know, or the absolutely. Pac-12, any of these areas. It's just, for whatever reason, um, football is, is way up there on um, the list of priorities down here in the South. It's it's, it's oh yeah, big, no doubt. Uh, family football, as they say, but I think football is ahead of family during this time of the year. In, well, the Pac-12's got a little bit more of a challenge. You know, you got two schools in LA, two schools in San Francisco, one school in Seattle, another school in in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. You got some, you know, metropolitan type schools where there's, you know, there's other things to do. There's nice weather. 
you know, if if the team sucks at Cal, you know, there's a lot of things to do in San Francisco than go watch a Cal game when the team sucks. That's my that's yeah, my I only point. I mean, how disappointed I was when uh, my Miami Hurricanes were looking for a conference to go into, and we did not go into the SEC, and instead we went into the uh, Big East at the time. Extremely disappointed. I was uh, equally as disappointed when we chose the ACC instead of the SEC. You know, I understand some of the reasons why it was done. Um, you know, the powers that be see the ACC as more academic um, and the SEC more athletics football centric, and that's really not the reputation that the school as a whole wanted to have. But for me personally, I think uh, things would be different for for my University of Miami football were it in the SEC as opposed to the ACC. Well, it would force you to step your game up. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, th- there's perceptions that, you know, I mean, I always tell my kids and any kid, you know, if, I don't care where you go to school as long as it's a legitimate college that, that, that teaches legitimate material. If you apply yourself, you'll get a good education. I think some mm-hmm. of that, you know, goes to connections inside the business or medical communities. I mean, if you look at the ACC schools, there's schools like Wake Forest, which is an excellent school, and Duke and some of those other guys. You know, we don't have to go through the whole conference, but I think Miami wanted to keep that reputation as a private school. Where in the SEC, it's not that they're bad schools. It's just most of them are large public universities other than, say, a Vanderbilt, which is kind of always, I said to you on other shows where we've talked about realignment, I guess just because it's tradition, they've stayed there. I never understood how Vanderbilt at some point in their history didn't move to the ACC the same way South Carolina moved from the but ACC to the them, SEC. Uh, from an academic standpoint or an academic reputation standpoint. No, it's never hurt them. Nobody nobody says, oh, Vanderbilt's a, a crappy school because they're the ACC. No, it hasn't hurt them. Right. I just I thought yeah, they'd be so more was, competitive uh, in the uh, ACC, to be honest with you. <laughs> truth be told, I was extremely disappointed by that and have always wished that uh, the University of Miami was in the SEC. But they're not. So uh, life must go on. Uh, Emil, this, you know, we had tragic news yesterday. um, And, you know, I've been sitting here thinking about this, Emil, apart from the fact that it just really, really scares you, especially when you have have children that are of age to be in cars driving around that, you know, someone's life can be snuffed out randomly like this. But I'm looking at this, Emil, and I am thinking that this Joe McKnight thing can be uh, a really huge powder keg. It comes at a really bad time. Uh, 2016 has been horrible for race relations. Um, and, you know, Was this a white guy that shot him? Do we know that? It was a white guy that shot him, Emil. Um, and, I, know, I didn't know. I was asking what, honestly. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get the rest of the story. I was actually – that hit me in the gut. Either. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. In light of what happened in April in, in, in Louisiana, in the New Orleans area, where, you know, it was a former NFL player shot and killed uh, by, by another black motorist, I thought that this was the same thing. Um, but then I come to learn that it was uh, a white gentleman, 54 years of age, that shot and killed Joe McKnight, who, uh, according to eyewitnesses, was uh, apologizing and begging for his life. And... Um, after initially shooting him, the suspect stood over Joe McKnight and, and finished him off, so to speak. And here's what I'm seeing. The suspect stayed on the scene and surrendered his gun. Both of them exited the vehicles. 
I am seeing, and Amal, as of right now, no charges have been filed. Now, charges are going to be filed, according to the police there, uh, but no charges have been filed yet. And I'm telling you right now, I, I see what's coming, and it comes at a really, really bad time in our country, in our society. I am, I am all prepared for the I feared for my life defense, um, you know, big, mean, athletic black man approaching me. Um, I was scared, didn't, you know, wasn't sure if I was going to live, and so I fired my weapon in self-defense. Well, if you stood over him, and, and he, if you fired more than one shot after the guy was, was, was even if you're going to try to use that argument, mm-hmm. if you fired more than one shot after he was subdued, especially if you're not a police officer, you're going to have a hard time winning that one anywhere. I Yeah, I I understand that. I definitely get that. Um, I can see the attack. I mean, the whole coming. thing makes me sick. I don't care what color the guy was. I just was asking I more. The attacks on your- coming on the eyewitnesses, as you as you you know know happens in a courtroom. Um, you know, let's let's go look at these eyewitnesses. Do they have previous records? Uh, can we trust them? Blah blah. You know what goes on in a courtroom. But the fact that he uh. sought fit to stay there on the scene, not flee, surrender his weapon, tells me he's already jigging up um, a defense. And there'll be an attorney there to 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 do that. And um, I see it coming. And Amo, let me tell you something. If justice is slow, and I don't know what justice would be here, we got to get all the details. I do need to stress that. But if this thing goes in the direction of not guilty, self-defense, Amo, we are because now we're talking about a celebrity, a black celebrity being shot by a white motorist. We're in for it. We're in well, for it big time. I can tell you one thing. I hope, you know, first of all, you know, I, I, from what I've read, and again, there's a lot of sketchy details so far. McKnight didn't have a weapon, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. If he didn't put hands on this guy, I hope and pray, and, and I'm usually not for this because I, I always worry about the innocent people, and if it's, you know, I don't want innocent, but but since we know this guy's not innocent, I hope and pray they put a needle in his arm. Because mm-hmm. he just, he, I mean, that guy's 28 years old. I mean, if he was 58 years old, it wouldn't be right. But he's 28 years old, or was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean it's tragic all the way around. But I am seeing a potential. It's just sad. I mean, it's, just, it's sad. Yeah, uh, and you're uh-huh. right. It is a powder keg, and I hope these people down there realize what's happened here, because when you have a weapon and you fire more than one shot, and a guy doesn't have a weapon, you're going to have a hard time convincing me, especially if you hit him with the first shot, that there was a need for a second shot. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's pictures of this uh, of of the suspect that are out there. I just retweeted one on our Twitter account, so. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, the Gridiron Stud Show, it's uh, at G-I-S-H-O-B-G. There's a story that's just been released. Uh, 54-year-old Ronald Gasser is the suspect. Apparently, he has uh, been released, and uh, I'm not sure if charges have been filed. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, what the whole story is there. But um, it's, uh, I'm telling you, Emil, this is, this could get really, really crazy here. And so, wait, he was um, released. On bail, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read this to you right now. This is fresh news. 
Uh, Ronald Gasser, the man authorities say shot and killed former NFL player Joe McKnight, was released from custody overnight without being charged, Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office authorities said Friday morning. Gasser, 54, has not been formally charged, says JPSO spokesman Colonel John Fortunato, as the investigation into McKnight's death continues. Fortunato asked anyone with information about the shooting to contact the department homicide detectives. McKnight, 28, was shot at about 3 p.m. Thursday, December 1st, at the intersection of Berman Highway and Holmes Boulevard in Terrytown. A witness who declined to give her name said she saw a man at the intersection yelling at McKnight, who was trying to apologize. The man shot McKnight more than once, the witness said. She said he shot McKnight, stood over him, and said, I told you, don't F with me. Then the man fired again, she said. So he's been released. No charges filed as of now. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to say it to you again. This is a huge powder keg. A lot of eyes are going to be on this. Um, You've got a lot of organizations that have been formed here in the last couple of years. And you have uh, you have a and in in its simplest terms, white man shoots a black man, and this black man happens to be a celebrity. Telling you, Emil, this could get this could go really sideways. And these folks in Louisiana better uh, they better cross all the T's and dot the I's on this thing. There'll be a lot of eyes watching. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, like I said, I'm I'm gonna. Well, I'm, you know, the whole thing pisses me off right now, but I'm going to refrain from commenting because usually when you pin yourself in, comment without the facts, sometimes you, you, get you, 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 make, you make yourself look foolish. I, I want to hear what yeah. happened, but they better they better dot the I's and cross the T's here because when you're, you know, standing over an unarmed guy, I, I mean, you know, unless it comes out that this guy grabbed him by the throat or something, uh, you know, I don't see the justification. I mean, I, I, you know, unless unless McKnight did something foolish, which you would hope he wouldn't, but I don't see the justification. I'll wait for the details. Yep. It's a tragedy, though. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Amo, what also feeds into a lot of what happens is how things are reported nowadays. There's a rush to be the first, um, and, and there's no longer a rush to be right. There's a rush to be first, so things just get put out there. Uh, I'd heard yesterday that he was a former police officer. The suspect. Don't know if that's true, but that was put out there. Um, I saw people describe him as a white supremacist, and this is within hours of it being reported. How do you? Yeah. You know, how do you come to that? You know, conclusion. But that's being there's, put there's out there. There's a slant that I don't enjoy anymore. I mean, here's the thing. Like here, we're doing commentary on sports. If you're a political comment commentator, that's fine. You can slant your opinion. You're allowed to have one. But hard news. It's supposed to just be news, but it's not anymore. I mean, both sides, you know, when I say sides, every station anymore has a political tilt. They tilt one way or the other, and they like to report stories with that tilt rather than just Mm -hmm. saying, here are the facts that we know. Here's what's happened so far. Let's wait. If you get a left-leaning site, it'll automatically be the guy's a white supremacist um, or, you know, it's got some disturbed military background, gun-toting, rebel redneck which he very well may be when we find out i don't know and and he shot a black guy and if it's a right sided news story they'll start telling you all the reasons he was well within his rights to shoot the guy instead of just of saying course. here's what's happened let's and you can form an opinion based on facts as if you were a jury no, we're going to help you with that opinion didn't i talk about this on on yeah. monday it's just um it, it's 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 crazy how how this stuff happens, and we're just not 
that's gone, man. Those days are gone. It's hard to separate the um, left and right websites and news outlets from what's what's even supposed to be mainstream. They've blended together at this point. Hey, when I was in my 30s, I was actually foolish enough to believe that in my lifetime, I might actually see a day where people are just people, and we stopped putting them in buckets. But apparently, I'm very wrong because, you know, I mean, to me, this isn't really – it shouldn't be a black-white issue. It should be some guy shot a guy, and we need to know if he had the right to shoot the guy because if he didn't, he should be going to jail for sure. And in that state, he should be going to, you know, to a death chamber is how it works in Louisiana. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we definitely uh, – I'm going to be following this. You're going to be following it um, as, as, a, as a USC fan. The young man played at USC – uh, my introduction to Joe McKnight was this. When I broke into coaching, uh, my first year coaching, the, the head coach wanted to run a, a particular style of offense. It's called a, a Veer option. And so um, being thorough as he is, he went around and looked all around the country for the, you know, the schools that do it the best. And uh, he happened to find one in Louisiana called John Curtis High School. So we went there, met with the coaches, um, and brought back film. And uh, we're looking at the film uh, of, of the Vera option and what they do at John Curtis. And the running back is Joe McKnight. And I'm looking at this kid, and he's killing it. I mean, he's an extremely talented running back. And I was, you know, in my mind, I was like, all right, this, this may or may not be a good offense. But I can tell you right now, it's popping like crazy because of this, this kid that I see back here running it. It wouldn't matter if he was in an I formation spread, whatever. Um, they were going to score points with this particular kid back there, and that was my introduction to Joe McKnight. And then, you know, obviously followed him because I thought he was so talented, ended up going to USC and had a very good career at USC. And then, um, Yeah, I always felt bad about his time at USC because at the time he came in, they had it really rolling there. Pete was, you know, I think he was in the 2007 class, and, you know, Pete had the recruits coming in. I always felt like McKnight's skill set was sort of mismanaged at USC, and and not completely utilized his ability. He was, you know, similar to, you know, everybody likes to throw that out there, but very similar to a Reggie Bush in many ways. You know, I mean, they're not the same player. And I think he just came in at a time where they had 9 million running backs. He he got the wrong kind of touches, in my opinion. I probably felt, looking back at it, he would have been better served staying closer to home, but it is what perhaps, it is now. Perhaps. Uh, it still did well for itself. I mean, could have could have been better, oh, yeah. yes, but did did well for himself. Yeah, he was uh, a good so, player. Right, let, let's, yeah, let's take a phone call before we head on a break and get back and actually talk to stuff, talk about stuff that's happening on the gridiron. Uh, Les, you're on the gridiron stud show. What's what's going on, my friend? Uh, what's happening, man? Uh, hey, Les, how are you, buddy? The inside of a, one of those old Big Mac cartons. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Big Mac cartons? Uh, my cousin used oh, yeah. to make that a suitcase for his G.I. Joe action figure. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, the, uh, that's, that's Flashback Friday either, right there, isn't it? Either that or your wife tapped you on the head and said, go listen to your friends on the radio. Wow. There you go. Wow. Good morning, what, gentlemen. What's, what's happening, man? What do you make of what, what, what happened in Louisiana with Joe McKnight? You know, I'm going to be like Amo, man. I'm going to just hold hold my tongue, man, because I don't want to start making judgment calls on people. And, um, you know, because, 
you know, in the past, you know, if you see stuff like this happening, you 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 know make a blunt statement and and put yourself in a situation where you look like an idiot because you don't know the facts. So um, it's unfortunate that the young man has uh, lost his life, um, you know, due to road rage. Um, whatever the situation is, I mean, you know, people people need it's to. Just an, it's you know, it's really an eye opener because, as as I said, opening this up, you know, obviously I have kids uh, of age to drive, all three of them, and of course, it's the minute I see something like this, I send it out to them and let them know. Just let it go. You don't know who is out there. You don't know what someone is is going through. Uh, I like all three of us that are on the air right now have been in our car and and probably been in various forms of uh, hysteria, anger, whatever at the time um, behind the wheel. So you just never know what you're going to encounter on the street. You don't know what's motivating a person to act in a certain kind of way. And you just really sometimes got to just swallow your pride, let it go. Because you know what? Whatever the situation has been 30 minutes afterwards, an hour after, you don't, you, you've totally forgotten about whoever it was. Yeah. And what well, I'll, I'll tell you guys a funny, uh, not a funny story, a real story happened to me a couple of years ago. Um, and I, I don't throw the finger at people. I don't do that stuff because you never know who's on the other side of that if they're crazy. It's just not, it's not good practice. Anyway, I'm driving at an intersection. One guy's coming at me. I'm coming at the other guy. We're, we both want to make, I want to go left. He wants to go right onto the same road. Okay, so there's two lanes. I think he's going to take his right hard onto the one lane, so I'm going to make my left. We're going to be driving next to each other. Now, I'm in a hurry. He goes wide, and I go at the same time. We don't come that close to an accident. It's sort of a cutoff, but I immediately give him the high sign that I apologize because I was in a hurry. Well, this fool's losing his mind. Now, we're driving down a a, a town road. Mm -hmm. He pulls over and cuts me off. He pulls his car, parks his car, and gets out. Now, I'm calm. I roll my window down. He's younger than me because I know immediately if he comes next to that window, that window's going up as if his head comes near my car and he's getting a couple in the face. It's not my, I'm not getting out of the car. I pull my right. window down. I said, listen, get back in your car. He's like, he's cur- I said, listen, do yourself a favor. You're pulled over on a street right now. There's cars coming. Get back in your car and drive away. And thankfully, he listened to me. <laughs> yeah, but well, people, I had, people I, lose I had their mind. I had a situation in Long Beach, uh, and I don't know if Les remembers this. I don't think we were roommates quite yet, but uh, we we had a situation. I had a situation in Long Beach where I was chased by uh, a hippie dude, and uh, I don't even remember what the situ how it started. But this dude was flat out. He looked like part of the Manson family, and he had thoroughly convinced me that he was crazy and had every weapon known to man in his car. And uh, I got chased through the streets of Long Beach. And I'm talking, when I say chase, I'm talking about film-worthy stuff. I'm going through neighborhoods at high speeds. I mean, if there were any kids there, it was going to be the end for them. I cut through lawns. This dude was on my rear end. Driving a car from the 60s, by the way. So, wow. uh, (laughs) It it went down like that. Eventually, uh, in my Ford Escort, um, stick shift, by the way. I lost this dude, but I was convinced this guy was crazy. So you just never know what's going on out there, man. But No, uh, Les, it's, uh, it's scary. On, I, I got to go to break, but anything on the field of football here you want to share with us before, before we cut out? Uh, <clears throat> nah, man. I mean, it should be – it's it's um, you know, this college football season is amazing. 
that how they continue to rake teams that continue to lose by three and one points and, you know, keep teams in. And, um, it should be interesting who the final four is picked and um, let the playoff begin and let's see who wins. Um, if, yep. Penn State, if Penn State wins out and Colorado wins out, how does that look for them, for one of them not to make it, for Washington to make it? <laughs> And well, last oh, we figured this out. If you've been listening, yeah. Well, but you know what? It's real simple. The, the college football—they're not that bright. There's five conferences. You can't have four teams. It's real simple. You got to put five automatic berths in. It's very simple. Five automatic berths, three at large. Let's play it off like the NFL. Done. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it, I mean, it's amazing that we uh, thought about that all by our lonesome uh, and those guys all by ourselves. All right, let's. I'm gonna leave you on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to leave you on, and uh, we're going to jump into a break. I know you want to continue listening to the show, man, but thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Man, I'm glad I haven't had a situation like neither one of y'all, because we're all raging me. I'm good. Yeah, probably not. I'm glad. glad Stay in your car, Les. Be safe. Seriously, man. Les, you're 6'2", weighing how much? How much you weighing these days? 230. 230. 230. All muscles, 6'2". You're probably not going to run into a bunch of road rage. And if you do, it's really dangerous for you because if someone's willing, if someone's willing to get that crazy with you, uh, they're probably packing something, man. So please, for, the, for, for, for our all sake, just drive off, my friend. Man, I, I don't even pay enough people attention like that. <laughs> Good. Just turn up the gospel music and keep it moving. I'm going to take a break, man. We'll, we'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Just be the self self rich man. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at T-ShirtSupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now.
Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. WrestleMania 3 at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. Nothing. nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Ooh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, yeah. Macho Madness, he has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait, wait a minute, and there is no doubt about it. It, yeah, you mean Gene Oakland. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. We are the cream of the crop here. It is the Gridiron Stud Show. You know it, I know it. Amo, you know this, right? We are the cream of the crop. Well, and our, we're legends in our own mind. You're hesitating. Well, you know that I didn't hesitate. I'm a, I'm a legend. My wife tells me all the time I'm a legend in my own mind. Well, there you go. Whether with a cream or not, we're on. It's Football Friday, and uh, it's time to talk about stuff going on on the gridiron. Emil, you know what websites and Twitter accounts get the most action in college football around this time of the year? Want to take a guess? It has to be something out of the SEC. Uh, yeah, that's a good guess, but... Coaching search and football scoop on fire this time of year. I mean, they literally can't stay up on their networks because it's just getting blasted. And the reason for that is coaches are getting fired and they're moving around this time of year every year. And not one, two, three. Oh, man, it gets up to about ten. And jobs are put on the table and being spent on saucers. It's just crazy. You know, under the, the you know cover of night, uh, Kevin Wilson was let go at Indiana, and there are people pissed off about it. Emil, did you did you pay attention to that at all? This man got. I, I I read two stories. One that they let him go for quote unquote player abuse allegations. The other was that he resigned. I don't know what what, but I know he's not there anymore. Yeah, there are people angered by this. It seems uh, uh you know something's going on there. A little unusual. So 
perhaps uh, the facts on this thing will come out. Uh, it just seems like something other than football was the reason why he was let go. So we'll just wait for that other shoe to drop. But yeah, would you say it has to be? I mean, Indiana went to a bowl, I believe, last year, right? And they're six and six and headed to a bowl again this year. And you know, Indiana hasn't exactly been a hotbed for college football. Uh, if you're not named Notre Dame, so I would think it has to be something other than football. No. Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you would say so, but in this day and age, who the hell knows? I do know this: they quickly replaced him. Um, hired has been Tom Allen, the defensive coordinator, and I guess he's the full-time coach. This wow! Quickly. So it's a quick search, huh? Well, I guess when you're yeah, at Indiana I, hired football coaches, I, I don't think you, you exactly have a deep pool there. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, a little tidbit on this. Athletic director Fred Glass said an outside law firm reviewed the program in November and only described it as philosophical differences. You're going to have to give me a little bit more than that, fellas. Cut the crap. Uh, so something's going on there. We'll just have to wait on the other shoe to drop, as I said down here locally, we have a job opening. It's FAU. Um, as you you know, a couple of weeks ago, Butch Davis was hired at FIU. I don't know if that kind of, you know, accelerated things for Charlie Partridge at FAU, but, uh, you know, he was given his walk-in papers. And I don't know what FAU is going to do next. They're saying they want someone with head coaching experience. They've thrown out uh, some names there. Randy Shannon at Florida uh, right now is, is one of the names that's being thrown out there some other names out there as well but i don't know where the, where the heck does fau go with a coaching uh decision that yeah it's a good question i mean there's you know i always wonder i think with those you know you, you better have somebody who really understands the college game because those kind of schools either you got to get somebody that's looking to get back in like fiu did am i correct in my acronym there florida international yeah. got butch mm-hmm. am i correct fau yeah. unless they have another guy like who's you know, had some success and just wants to get back into it, they probably need to go to, you know, a, a coordinator at a school looking to become a head coach, and then you really got to know, you know, who who, are the, who the hot coordinators are at some of the smaller or less known schools because you're not, you know, I mean, I don't think Lane Kiffin's coming over to FAU anytime soon. No, but on that front, uh, it's being alleged by someone um, with, you know, intimate knowledge of the LSU situation that Lane Kiffin's coaching – his last game on uh, Saturday against the University of Florida in the SEC championship game. Uh, so I guess he'll become what the assistant head coach. He'll probably be the assistant head coach for his old buddy Ed Ogeron, and he'll be heading over to LSU, right? Apparently, I mean, if if I mean that's not exactly what's being said, but um, you know, if 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 we're saying that this is his last game coaching, then he's going to make a quick exit. I would have to assume that is to LSU and not to some you know, mythical head coaching job that's out there, unless he's the next head coach at FAU or or something like that. Hey, the Nevada job's open. Maybe he wants that. Hey, no, I mean, I, I think we've drawn a logical conclusion where, where Lane's going, unless he's a surprise candidate at, I don't know, maybe maybe he's a West Coast guy. I mean, would he be in the running for an Oregon job? If he is, it, uh, that one would be rather well hidden. And speaking of that Oregon job, I, you know, what, what's Oregon? Do? Did Oregon just fire a head coach and not have a solid candidate in mind? Did they just fire a coach and say, you know, we'll put, we'll put it, the uh, job in the classifieds and see who comes? I suspect, I suspect that underneath 
um, and I know you've probably covered this earlier in the week, I still have a feeling that Brian Kelly is going to pop up somewhere here. Yeah, well, you know, there was a secret propeller plane from mm-hmm. South Bend to uh, Oregon, and, um, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of times with these jobs like this, it's the candidate not being talked about. Um, that's the one where the furious work is being done. So unless you're Texas, where everyone in the world knew Tom Herman was going to be the next coach there. But apparently Lane Kiffin is also um, you know, Hey, guess what I did, Chad? Job. You know me. Like, I mean, this season didn't even end yet, and I'm already excited about next season, right? I just keep going. I love football. I'm looking mm-hmm. the other day at – I'm always – I like to look at college schedules for September games because they're always the games that aren't conference games so that you get some interesting matchups. I didn't even realize this. Shame on me. Do you know that Tom Herman and his Texas Longhorns head out west next year in, and on September 16th play in the Coliseum against USC? Did not know that. Uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's going to be interesting to – see what kind of expectations are put on Tom Herman in his first season at Texas because he got things done right away at Houston. And, you know, I wonder if the Texas folks think that this is going to be just like Houston and he's going to wave a wand and this thing's going to get pushed around do. overnight. Well, what's the Texas? Ex- you don't, is that what listen, they think? Texas, they're going out there next year, okay? You best believe, even though USC is going to be most likely a top-five team going into next season, I'm pretty sure about that with the quarterback and what they have coming back, top five or six in the country, they will fully expect Herman to go out there and win that game. And if he doesn't... Drunk. Well, I'm not saying... And they may win the game. I'm not saying they won't. I'm saying they will be expected to win the game in Austin. You you mark my words. That will be the expectation for Texas. Yeah. Okay. Not happening. But if that's the route they're going to go, then this Tom Herman thing is going to be a disaster. And by the way, Emil, I've not looked into it. And you know me. Once I get into researching, um, who knows what I'm going to dig up. But I'm not convinced that Tom Herman is ready for this job. I don't know that he's put in the necessary hours, let's say. Has he put in his 10,000 hours, Emil? What is it, like a pilot? I think, you know, you're, you have, you know you're making flight of yourself. But I, I, he's a great football mind. He's a young guy. But but there is a certain, and we've talked about this on the that show. There's like a, a certain. Coordinator. That's right. But there's a certain thing to running a a, a, a skill set. You need to run a major program, and you usually need to put your time in at a major program. Now he was at Ohio State for a while. He had stops along the way. Graduate assistant at Texas, but you know he he goes over well, to not Houston. Even and that, that though, Emil, you don't have to put your time in at another major program. But there are little stepping stones, and I always point to Urban Meyer path is probably the most ideal one took a job at bowling green how am i at bowling green let me make my mistakes here um i did well here all right the next step for me is probably a utah let me go there i'll make a couple more mistakes here but i'm going to build this thing up and uh after bowling green and now utah i think i'm ready for something with a lot of eyeballs you didn't let me finish that's where i was going with his houston i said he's at the right place houston he's at but he was houston is to uh, him what what Utah was to Urban Meyer in that Utah wasn't where they are right now. They were a little bit smaller, okay? At Houston, he had his first test. He went there, had immediate success. Team was 8-5 and five the year before he got there. They go 13-1 and one last year, win a bowl game against Florida State. Now he goes from being the hunter to the hunt it this season. Pulls off a couple nice wins, 
But their games, if you notice, he won games he wasn't supposed to win. He beat Houston. He beat Houston, beat Oklahoma in the opener. Then later in the season, they beat Louisville. Two games they were underdogs in. But again, he goes 9-3 and three as the hunted and loses a lot of games he was supposed to win. It could have been a good learning experience for him. I think, he, to your point, probably needed a couple more years to understand how to take a program from being, you know, hey, we're the little guy in the block, to now we're the big boys in this conference. People are going to give us their best shot every game. I'm not sure he has that experience yet. To go to a Texas where you're going to get everybody's best shot every time they play you. Yeah, he's coached. He's been a head coach for two years. Yep. I, I agree. That's ready for Texas. I don't know. Hey, listen, everybody loves. Right. You know, what people forget Chad, and you'll remember because you are you are a student of the game. Everybody remembers the results. Charlie Strong was Tom Herman before he got to Texas. Don't forget that. I mean, you know, people talk about Strong now like he's garbage or something. Charlie Strong was a really, really good head coach. At Louisville, oh, go look commodity. at their records. Yeah, really yeah he was a hot commodity. I would say even this, uh, Charlie Strong needed another job in between Louisville and Texas. I think he needed that. And here we are with Tom Herman, who I think probably needed another year at Houston. But understanding, um, you know, he risked some of the heat coming off of, you know, his name by staying there another year. But I think there's a step in between Houston and Texas. I think there is. Well, he's going to have a giant leap. I don't think he, you know, I wish him luck. I like the Texas program, but I don't think he truly, truly understands the expectations at Texas. I'm sure a lot of guys don't. You need some seasoning to really understand what those fans expect. Whether it's realistic or not doesn't matter. The fan base in Texas, like I keep telling people, they have their own television network. It's the wealthiest public university. The boosters run the program there. Big money. These guys think Texas is supposed to win a championship in the conference every year, be in the talk in the top five like it was in the 60s. Okay, that They're always in the mix for the national title. It's a new day and age. Hey, Mo, That's not you, as easy you, to do. Are you ready for this? Because everything in uh, this world now is seen through um, racial glasses. And so if Tom Herman goes in and is not – uh, successful early on uh, at Texas. Let's say he goes out to the Coliseum and gets his face pushed in, as you know many may expect to happen, and doesn't really have a great first year there. And the folks in Texas are throwing their support behind him. You know what's coming, right? What's coming? Well, uh, are they going to ride Tom Herman like they rode Charlie Strong? Are they going to do that? Or is it, you know, we get behind the white guy and then, you know, uh, when the black guy was there, you know, they weren't so supportive of him. Yeah, I see that. I'm not sure, you know, it might be, you know, like I said, I I always felt there was an undertone there and I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right, just my personal perception of the situation. Uh, I think he'll face just as much scrutiny in that uh, they're not going to accept anything other than, than uh, you know, winning, winning and winning big. I mean, Texas, if he goes in there – next year and he goes eight and four and goes to a bowl game and they're not going to be doing cartwheels oh good job you know we're back in the bowl game Uh, coach herman has us at eight and four i'm telling you i know it sounds silly to you but that program i mean trust me in that september game against usc they're going to expect to win out there that whether they do or not we'll we'll find out next year but they're going to expect to win that game amel to me that's crazy talk but nevertheless 
It is what it is. Let's get on the field here uh, for college football. A couple of games tonight. Amazingly, one of them is the Pac-12 championship. This question was asked on Twitter. Why is the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night? My simple answer was because USC is not playing in it. That could be very no. simplistic. but <laughs> No, no, no. You know it what? Is what it is. It's scheduled. It, it's played every Friday night. That, they want that night to themselves. They want to have a primetime game. They want it to themselves. They don't want to go up against the Big Ten and other conferences. They figure it's a good way to get the game singled out. So, no, they, it's been on Friday night. Every This is the sixth title game. I think everyone was on Friday night. Well, uh, yeah, you're gonna go battle with the top uh, with the with the finals of high school football. Come on, Pac-12. Go ahead. Well, I'm Get sure. Yeah, listen, I, 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 the networks control everything, and I have a feeling if USC came into this game 11 and one, playing for a chance to get into the playoff, that somehow they might make a flex adjustment to a different day. But who knows? Maybe we're both wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They didn't flex. Yeah, they didn't, didn't flex. flex. What's up with not flexing? They should have flexed. But nevertheless, it's Colorado and Washington, so there'll be no flex. They'll leave that game on Friday night. Do you, Mr. Pac-12, have uh, an opinion on this Colorado-Washington game? Yeah, I'll do, do it in the pick I section. I, I, I'll do it in the pick section. I think it's going to be an interesting ball game. Uh, I studied it, really did this week, taking a look at it uh, from both sides, and I feel comfortable picking it. All right, well, I'll be picking it as well, so that's uh, very interesting there. Uh, Ohio and Western Michigan, um, this is a 17-point favorite in this game, and it's the undefeated team. What's yeah, I, see, I, I, I think this, you know what I think this is Amos? blowout city, buddy. It is. P.J. Fleck's name is being thrown around. Are you worried about that at all? There could be some distraction and preparation here. No, nah, this is a really senior-laden team. Maybe one of the best teams ever to play in the MAC conference, along with that Miami-Ohio team with Ben Roethlisberger. It's a really good, deep, old team that's been around. They've been together. I think they want to get to that that major bowl game as a uh, the cherry on their careers. There are many of the seniors. I expect them to do Ohio pretty good tonight. Three thirty tomorrow. It's Baylor and West Virginia in the uh, Big Twelve. Um, you got an over under of sixty eight point five. I'm only pointing that out because we've talked endlessly about the lack of defense. This is going to be is this going to be a sixty to forty something game? Um, what, what do you think in this contest? Well, I mean, West Virginia. West Virginia is sitting here at, uh, you know, they've had a, they've had themselves a hell of a season at nine and two, and I think they'll cap this off and get. Too. Yeah, they play a little defense. I think they'll cap it off, get themselves a decent bowl bid. Um, I don't expect Baylor to show up much for this game. Uh, the coach is is probably not going to be back from what right. They're looking for a coach. Oh, last game of the season. Yeah, they're already bowl eligible. Uh, they haven't played well. Uh, what they've lost four or five in a row, and and you know the, you, this, this is a West Virginia team with two losses, and they happen to be the two best teams in their conference, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. I I think they're going to light Baylor up in this game. They may score sixty. I don't know what Baylor Baylor's going to do. Yeah, that Baylor program uh, on life support right now. Kansas State and TCU. I have a pick on this one. Do you have an opinion on it? You, you, this is dangerous. You know, Chad and I do not talk about this before. Uh, before you, uh, you have be, a pick be, on Kansas State versus TCU, I, I do. Is that what you're telling us? I do. I have a pick on it. Yes, I'm telling you that. Well, how about that? Well, let's see if we'll go three for three. Nevertheless, hey, it's the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. That's the bag of you-know-what that they're trying to serve us over there in that conference. 
de facto. Well, uh, you say that, but they're the only. We've talked about this. They're the only conference. I mean, I, they should get 12 teams, and, and we can talk about all that other stuff some other day of how you should decide conference titles. But truthfully, they are the only conference that plays around robin. So you can't complain that they're conference. Oh, but this is only the look of the draw that these two teams are the top teams, and they. The oh, absolutely. No, no, um, absolutely, so it's luck of the draw. I agree with you. I'm just saying they do have a legitimate champion because they're playing around Robin. I, I think Oklahoma wins this game. They're playing well um, ever since that Ohio State loss. They took those two early losses. They seem to be a team on a mission. Um, and, uh, you know, Oklahoma State defense hasn't been great this year. I, I think Oklahoma may score a bunch of points in this game. Man, I'm going for Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy and that mullet that he's got going on. Doesn't Mike Gundy look like some uh, like a character in an Adam Sandler movie? That's just what he looks like. Oh yeah. Like. And how could you tell? Or like away? Beavis and Butthead, remember them? He looks a little bit like Beavis oh, yeah, and Butthead. Definitely one of those characters. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on Oklahoma here, who's still trying to poke their head into the top four. And they might fumble this away. It's big game, Bob. Emil, have you not learned? Well. I call this a miniature big game for him since it's a rivalry. I think Bob realizes that they are not inserting him in the playoffs. So. I don't know. Has anyone? Everybody would really have Bob to lose, that? Chad. Clemson would have to lose. Washington would have to lose. I mean, there would have to be a lot of losing going on for Bob to get there. We're all losers, man, because we got guys going in a room on Tuesday nights to tell us who the hell the champs are. But let me not launch into that again. Um, always interested in your thoughts of the Florida game. You know, I don't have one, can't be uh, unbiased in this one, but Alabama is a 24-point favorite in this game. What What do you think? Well, for the sake of the listeners, I'm going to put my Florida hat down here. I, I was honest with you last week. You asked me, you pushed me. I told you Florida State would cover that game, and they did. Uh, this is one of those games where Oklahoma, I, I don't think Alabama's given up a touchdown since Oct- uh, October, late October. So with that said, it's hard for me to envision Florida scoring many points in this game unless they are able to do it defensively or special teams. I think the defense will keep them in the game for half the game. Then as it wears down and the offense continues to do three and outs and turn the ball over, I think you know eventually it gets away from them. And you know, Unfortunately for you, I think you may be looking at something in the vicinity of 31-3. Hopefully I'm just wrong. <laughs> For all our sakes. Well, listen, uh, touchdowns have been hard to come by for the Florida offense in uh, their bigger games this year. So if all that follows the suit, you may not be wrong, my friend. Whatever it is, I'll be there front and center to watch all of it. Um, well, I want to be wrong for it. your sake. I want to be wrong. I don't want to be right on that, but I'm going to be I'm hey, being you know honest me. I love good. I love good defense, so I'm guaranteed to at least see that on both sides for a majority yes. of this game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of it, and I always learn something watching these two teams play uh, defense. I don't know what your uh, final pick is, um, but there is an ACC championship game and involves Virginia Tech and Clemson. Could that be it by any chance? No, no. I, I, I already started well, talking. I already started talking about one of my picks accidentally, so I'll, I'll get back to that. This game, I, I don't have a pick on. If you ask me who I would play in this game, for some reason, I got a feeling Virginia Tech hangs around. I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. win the game outright. I agree. But Ten points seems a lot. I, I just think it's one of those games where they're a pain in the ass. Maybe they walk in the back door. I don't know how they do it, but it feels like a game that they're going to cover. You know, early in the year, Emil, um, I, I described Clemson's performance as being bored with the regular season. You made it all the way to the end. 
um, and you fell short last year, and you're just trying to hurry up and get back there again. But there's something more going on there, and maybe Clemson's not that good. You know, as I've watched Louisville finish off the end of the season here, I'm just wondering here what's going on with Clemson. And as as such, I just don't know that they're a 10-point favorite in, in this contest. Maybe a touchdown, but I think 10's a little excessive. So, you know, there 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 you go, and uh, that's where I stand. I think Clemson at a 10-point favorite is just a little bit too much cheese uh, on this particular, you know, spread. So I'm going to I'm going to back lightly, ever so lightly, I'm going to back uh, Virginia Tech in this one. There's also another big time game. It is the Big 10 Championship. Kind of gets swallowed up in uh all of, of what's going on here uh with all these other games. But there's a a Big 10 Championship game for the second year in a Can row. Can I ask a question? Am I back on with you, Mr. Wilson? You are. You are, sir. Is you pop? We got all kinds of technical support issues here with our friends at Blog Talk Radio. I think we're on a party line or something. I'm hearing calls in the I'm background. Not of my, of I'm like, what? So, what's going? On? Yeah, I'm not hearing uh, any of it. So maybe a Pennsylvania thing you got going uh, on here today. So um, yeah, no, it must be a Pennsylvania thing. But you, were you, were you what were you saying about day. Clemson? You, you're not sure they're that good. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I couldn't hear. Yeah, I'm not sure that they're that good. There's just too many instances of poor play this year. I mean, you've had your wake-up calls, and despite having the wake-up calls, you went ahead and lost the game. Um, and, you know, I just, if oddly enough, um, Coach Pat Narduzzi was at our practice two days ago uh, at American Heritage, and, you know, I just went up to him and said, you guys just tried to ruin the entire college football playoff thing, to which he you know, found that funny. Um, and said he'd do it again if he <laughs> if he had the chance. Of course, that's the answer. But well, um, you know, Clemson. I just not. I can't see him at ten points. Maybe a touchdown, but ten too much. Well, I, I'll send a couple people over the edge. But since we vote for playoffs, like I said on Monday show, if you said to me pick pick your four teams, it's Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and then I'll have to watch the Penn State Wisconsin game and the Washington Colorado game, and I'll decide my fourth team from there. I would leave Clemson out. I mean, just based on what you're saying, I totally agree with you. I, I haven't seen yeah. enough quality play from Clemson to put them in there. No, can't do it. Big Ten championship game, Penn State, Wisconsin. This is a Big Ten championship game, Abel, and as I was saying, for the second year in a row, it doesn't involve Urban Meyer. It doesn't involve Jim Harbaugh. Who saw this coming? Nobody. And, again, it's the, it's the quirk of how these are done. Last year, Michigan State – Michigan State last year did what Penn State did. This year, Michigan State beat Ohio State 17-14 last year. Um, the committee, I think, learned a lesson, which is what you're seeing this year. They they said, well, Michigan State then beat Iowa in that famous 18-play drive to ice the game. I think it was 21-17. And they said, well, Michigan State has one loss. They won the conference. Let's put them in the playoff. They knew damn well that Ohio State, who had one loss, was the better overall team, but they went with, you know, the rules, and they got a 38 nothing Alabama whitewash in a boring semifinal game. Ohio State had about 12 guys drafted, uh, two of the first four picks in the NFL draft, which tells you which team had more talent, and I think they realized, listen, we're looking at the whole body of work this year, and that's why you're getting yeah. what you're getting. Um, they know damn well, oh, you know, Ohio State's a better football team on a neutral field than Penn State or Wisconsin most times if they play him. Who do I got? I have a feeling Penn State has something magical going on, Chad. I don't know what it is. I have a a gut feeling that Penn State's going to win this game. I feel like this game is accurately um, 
accurately lined with Wisconsin at three. Um, and I think it's a field goal game, 24-21, uh, 20-17, to something like that. I think we're in for a good football game. I could be wrong, but the way these two teams play would lend itself to that. Um, I'm going to err on the side of Wisconsin, but I would not be surprised if they win it by a field goal. So, you know, from that perspective, there are no winners in this. So you you, you say Wisconsin, I say Penn State. You, we both say close games. I, I'm like you. I think it's going to be a field goal game, but I think Penn State's going to be the one kicking that field goal. I'm going to say uh, 2017 Penn State. Well, and there you go. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, uh, again, our picks are, you know, if you're a new listener, our picks get uh, all put together at the end of our NFL segment. So Emil and I will have both our college and NFL picks for this week at the end of our segment. We do need to go into the NFL. We do also need to do our fantasy football focus, sponsored by FanDuel. That and more coming up when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
right, folks, let's talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. I'm on a roll. 13-3. 13-3 my last 16 on games of my life. On Saturday, two-team NFL. Parlay on the I felt so far to bag. I knocked him out. I knocked the man out last week. Listen, I will take my hand, knock him out. I will take my hand. Knock him out! Bang, 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 bang. You know what I did? I, I know I'm like really mellow today. So what I did is I relaxed during the break. Two espressos. They were beautiful. Matter of fact, they were doubles. Two shots of Zambuca. I am feeling so weird! All right, folks. This is the bottom line. Now listen. You know how some of your friends tell you there's no such thing as a sure thing? There's no locks. There's no guaranteed winners. Forget those people. You know what they are? They are losers. This is a biggie. Six one million star blockbusters absolutely free. Take it away, bro. Okay, thanks, Jim. Don't ever touch my hand again, by the way. Folks, listen! This is the biggest! Happy Easter, everybody out there! Eat hearty! Eat like an animal! I know I will! Your sauce, me, likes hard! Hi, folks, this is Stu Fighter, and let me tell you something right now. I am ready to go to war this weekend in the NFL. But let me be honest with you right now. I don't care who anybody likes in this game. I could care less! This is one of the greatest bets I will ever make in my life. New England, Cleveland, I own this game. You know what that means? It's in my hand. I put it in my pocket. I know the score. What a great show. You having fun? I am having But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Stu Barn is piped up. Emil, I there's no way I can ever listen to that without laughing. Uh, <laughs> did people call his 900 number? They did. Unbelievable. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Did people called his 900 yeah, they number. They did. Um, <laughs> sounding absolutely crazy. All right, well, folks, it's that time of year again. Free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obama care insurance plan. So call today. 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance. Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st. But it's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Tell them you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. Please call 954-278-8696 or visit them on their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. That's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. All right, Emil. NFL, we had some last night. Hey, there was a good Thursday night football game last night. Did you see? Of course you saw it. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, what got in it? Of course I saw it. They're talking about getting rid of Thursday night football, and then they put a good game on. Amazing. Well, they kind they kind of did what you and I had suggested a couple weeks ago, saying if you're going to play Thursday night football – you should put teams coming off buys on Thursday night, and it happened that both those teams played on Thanksgiving Day, so they were on a full week of preparation. How about that? Maybe we just only have See how that works? Thursday. Remember when the Thursday night games would only, like, uh, didn't they used to do it just towards the end of the year? Isn't that how that worked? That's yeah, I think I heard they're reviewing it. They're looking at it because, obviously, people in New York get that, the quality of most of the games has not been up to snuff. Last night was a, was a good ball game. Um, it was a game that I kind of knew going in that it would be difficult. It was a, a 
Minnesota is a tough venue, generally speaking. The Vikings were very desperate, uh, having lost five or six coming in. Still a great defensive team. The offense has been letting them down. Um, actually came away more impressed with my team after the win because it was the worst game they played this year by far. Turnovers, penalties out the wazoo, just dumb plays, You know, penalties that killed big plays, 40-yard runs taken off the board, 20-yard pass plays. Uh, you know, botched all over the place, and yet they won the game. And usually, to me, that's more of a sign of strength than just playing your best game and blowing someone out. So that, that was my take on the game. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I, I hadn't I pointed to these this two-game stretch coming up right here as being very big for the Cowboys? Sure. Um, early on in this game, I was yeah, I was wondering, were they going to be able to make the, their way through this thing? Because there were some uncharacteristic things going on, some turnovers, Zeke fumble the football. Um, you know, they they fortunately gave it back to him on review. There's just some weird things going on, and you know, Minnesota is a tough place to play, um, and, and that's a tough defense that's going to force your hand on some of those things. But nevertheless, like a true championship team and like the best team in the NFL right now, they went ahead and got the victory and secured it 17-15. Good job by those guys. Hey, let's talk about this. I'm hearing everyone talk about it. Uh, since when did the New England Patriots, Emil, uh become a one-man team? And I'm not talking about Tom Brady, but everyone's writing them. I don't, you know, writing them off in terms of home field advantage because Gronkowski's gone. Haven't we learned anything about the Patriots that it's next man up and they adjust and they find ways? No, I'm not writing them off at all. But I think that one thing that. that the reason people put so much uh, importance on Gronk, and you know this, you're asking a rhetorical question, is he's just a nightmare matchup def- for any defensive coordinator, and they love to play those. I mean, that's why they went out and got Martellus Bennett. They love to play the two tight end sets. They create matchup problems all over the field for you. And they've traditionally, the last few years, when their offense has struggled, it's been the times that they've been missing Gronk. More, you know, even I dare say in the last couple of years, they've probably struggled a little bit more missing Gronk than the few games this year where they missed Brady when they had the second-string quarterback. Now, they did struggle once they got to the third-string quarterback, but... Uh, you know, Amos, so, I, I, I just... Uh, I'll put my faith in them, and I think stuff like this tends to bring out the best in the New England Patriots. And have we watched the Oakland Raiders lately? Because we're talking about home field advantage. Um, they're on the cusp of losing almost every game. I love the Raiders, but, man, why do they make everything so interesting? They do. I mean, well, the Raiders, they're they're very young. Uh, they seem like the Sunday game against Carolina. What were they up, 24-7 at the half? And it's like they came out, they, they fell asleep at the switch the whole third quarter. Next thing they look up and they're, they're down by eight, and it's like, oh, we better go out and win this game. And then, by damn it, they go out and win the game. It's, it's, it's hard to, at this point, figure that they're lucky because they do it all the time. It's not like it's one-off here. The Raiders just seem to have a knack for making the big plays, and that's really what the NFL is about, let's be honest. Most of these games every Sunday are, you know, 10 of the 15 games are going to come down to the the last half of the fourth quarter, as Tony Romo said last year. And the Raiders play that half of the quarter well, so let's give them credit. I think they're, at this point, they're legit. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know if you can keep doing that right there. At some point, it kind of blows up in your face. But nevertheless, um, that's that's uh, where they are. Um, 
We got some games coming up this weekend. You know, I like this slate a whole lot better. Maybe it's just because they kicked it off right with Thursday, but we got a good slate of games coming up. Chiefs and Falcons, that's a big one. Chiefs off of the big win against the Denver Broncos. I happen to have a pick on that game, but I, you know, I don't know where you lean on it. And we're not going to go through all of these games, but this is that's one of the marquee matchups this week. I went back and forth on this. You know, there's the side of me that says that the, the, the Chiefs empty the tank last week against the Broncos, have the Raiders on deck. But then there's a side of me that just says the Chiefs are one of those teams that you look at them, people just don't know how to read them. You know, they'll let the other team go up and down the field. Um, they don't move the ball as much. They, they they have great special teams, but they turn you over. They just do it. They're not lucky either. I mean, that's just they have that kind of defense where – they work on turnovers. They have a pass rush. So I would probably take the Chiefs plus four and a half points. I think they'll just find a way to be a pain in the ass and hang around. Texans and the Packers must win situation for the Packers. You know what I find hilarious is uh, everyone talking about Brock Osweiler and what a bust he's been. Duh. You and I talked about this um, <laughs> way back when this deal was made. I mean, certain teams, how do you make You're the only guy who didn't get that memo. Yeah. How do you give I don't this know. guy all that? I mean, Nevertheless, they did it anyway, and it's not really working out. Desperation, my friend. Desperation. Yeah. With that said, they're six and five, and they're going to take on a five and six Packers team. That if they lose this game, Emil, they're done. They're out. You know, you you funny you mention that because I happen to have a pick on this game. Oh, there you go, Mister Mystery Guy. We had to wait. We we had a thirty second pause before he gave this answer too. By the way, I don't know what you got going on there, Mystery Theater that you're trying to trying to insert a show inside of a show. Just absolutely incredible what we've got going on, a side show going on here. Um, what else is big that's going on this weekend, Emil? The Giants taking on the Steelers, that's a big deal? Are the, why are the Giants 8-3 um, other than the fact that I picked them to be good this year? Well, the Giants are another team that for some reason this year, their defense uh, is, is, a, is a good defense. Not great, but they, they play well in the fourth quarter. If you look at the Giants and their games, the defense plays better in the fourth quarter. And the offense, which has struggled all year, really, if you they haven't scored 30 yeah, points Eli in a game Manning in 11 weeks. But yet, fourth quarter. Force it out of your mouth. Eli Manning plays better in the fourth quarter. He's clutch. He does. For, by and large, he plays better in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, well, come on. Peyton's won a couple Super Bowls, too. He got dragged to one last year, but he did enough. win. Okay. He played long enough. And it was bound to happen just, you know, by sheer luck, you'd bounce into a couple Super Bowls if you play 37 seasons in the NFL. <laughs> just how that goes. Oh, man. You're right, brutal. So, Mr. Clutch Eli, okay, go ahead and say it. God forbid, what would be going on if they had a running game right now, the New York Giants? They'd be the monsters of the league. We wouldn't even know the Dallas Cowboys. Do you understand me? It's going to be an interesting game next week yeah, well, between the Giants and the Cowboys. If the Rolling I can't Stones had John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they would have been the Beatles. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, I can ride with that. But nevertheless, hey, are you ready for that Monday night clash between the 5-6 and six Colts and the 3-8 three and eight, three and eight Jets? Yeah, uh, I might be passing on that. I think I'll, I think I'll watch a little uh, Netflix. Yeah. Well, you didn't tell me who's going to win that Pittsburgh Giants game. You you just kept your mouth shut. Who's going to win? I'm I'm certain of this. The team that scores more will be the winner in this game. Sound like Trent Dilfer there? You cannot lose. Yeah, you games do sound like Trent. I need a pick and win. <laughs> Give One me of the a best pick. quotes of all time. Pittsburgh is a six-point favorite. Pick, Give me a pick. pick? 
Listen, an 8-3 and three football team is a six-point underdog. That tells me everything I need to know. So I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game. Giants luck runs out or whatever they got going on. And this is a Giants team. I think you know what? There's something, there's something awfully fishy about that line. They opened it at four and a half, which seemed a little heavy at that point. And immediately the money's pushed it up to six, which tells me that's not just, you know, John Q. Public running in with their, their 50 bucks to bet at the casino. There's some serious money to move an NFL line a point and a half. So I, I probably yeah, lean Pittsburgh in that game. And the boys. Jimmy two times and the boys put some heavy money down on it. And, you know, they have cousins in the casinos down in Las Vegas. I just always love that line. So yeah. what the hell does that mean? You got a cousin down there. What, what is he, a busboy? Does he serve the Muppins over yeah, there? What, what the hell what does, does that, that mean? With the Giants and the Steelers. Cousin working. Yeah, what does that mean? Damn break. Yeah, damn break. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Nevertheless, all right, let's time. It's time to go to the fantasy football focus because I'm not going to stay here, my friend, and sit here for the fans and break down, um, you know, the 1 in 10 Bears versus – uh, the two and nine bears versus the one and ten forty nine ers. I'm just not going to do that to me, you, my family, your family, and all of the fans and listeners out there. So let's talk fantasy football focus and uh, who we're picking this week because at this time of the year, that's the only thing that will have you watch a San Francisco forty nine ers versus Chicago Bears game. So uh, I was the loser last week. Hate using that word in conjunction with myself, but those are the facts. I took an L, so I will go first this week. And, and talk about uh, what it is I'm going to put out there as a lineup. And, Emil, you can tell the folks um, how this whole thing works. Okay, what we do, we take a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. We made some rules up here. We have a $21,000 salary limit, which, uh, you know, for those of you who struggle with math, that's 7000 average per player. So the whole object here is we're going to play a game every week. Uh, so we've played eight so far. Uh, I'm five and three since we're only playing each other. That would make Chad three and five. Um, and we're trying to find some value for you. I mean, obviously we could put a lineup together with Ben Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, and, you know, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones and tell you, hey, these are good picks. But you couldn't do that yourself because you wouldn't have enough salary cap. So we're trying to find some value for you and uh, play a little game to make it fun for ourselves. So with that said, yes, and all the prices quoted on the players that are picked here come from FanDuel.com. Daily fantasy football is sweeping the nation. There are more and more people taking part in it, and uh, for good reason. Lots of fun. All of you out there think you're GMs and head coaches anyway. Here's your chance to play that out for real and also profit and benefit from it. So they've got $1, $2, $5, $25 games that could net you back thousands and thousands of dollars. If you're a smart as you think you are. So head over to FanDuel.com. You could do NBA. You could do NFL. You could do even soccer now. They've gone across the pond. uh, And you could do English Premier League stuff, a whole lot there. So even if you're brand new, uh, there are games for the newbies there. Uh, And if you're a professional, jump into one of those big million-dollar jackpot games. You could do that as well. Uh, Jump over to FanDuel.com. Right now, sign up, open yourself up an account, and use the promo code in the upper right-hand corner, Gridiron Studs. Promo code Gridiron Studs, and get yourself a nice bonus. Here's what I'm going to do this week, Emil, with my allotted 21K. Uh, at quarterback, Russell Wilson. Um, good teams battle back from poor performances, and that's exactly what the Seattle Seahawks put down last week. And it's the offense that lost in their game, uh, losing 14-5 to to Tampa Bay. If the uh, Seahawks think uh, are going to be anything – uh, like what they think they're going to be. They're back home. They're playing the struggling 4-7 and seven Panthers. They need to show up, and they need to show up in a big way, and that's going to have to be um, 
at the hands of Russell Wilson. They need to do something offensively, so I, I'm looking for a big day out of Russ, and he's going to cost uh, our listeners and myself 7700 So I'm going with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Same deal here at running nice. back. Nice, uh, okay. Yeah, the Denver Broncos on the road. What better uh, to help you get over a debilitating loss than to have the Jaguars on the schedule? Uh, Denver is going to head out on the road to face 2-9 and nine Jacksonville, who just can't seem to get it together. But the Broncos are going to get it together. They can't lose back-to-back games, can't lose after losing uh, a home uh, divisional game. And I think if, you, if, if you're the Denver Broncos and you've got Trevor Simeon at the controls, if you're planning on winning this game, you're going to have to find and be successful in your running game, and that smells of Booker. So I'm going to go with Booker. It's going to cost you 6400 bucks if you're going to use Devontae Booker at the Okay. I and like the logic what? there. That sounds that sounds strong. I like your Absolutely. logic. Got to get got to get back on there. And uh, I like to do some stacks when I could put them together. And if Russell Wilson's hot, usually Doug Baldwin's got something to do with it. See the Baldwin or Jimmy Graham can't pick a tight end here uh, based on our rules. So I'm going to go with Doug Baldwin helping Russell Wilson do the damage that I think he's going to do in their game against the Carolina Panthers. So that's where I'm going. Wilson, Booker, Baldwin, book them, buddy. I'm right at 21K. You Book guys em. jump on those. those Book them, Dan. Oh, that's everybody on this show is too young. That, that anybody who, who listens is probably too young to remember. Book them, Dan. But it, there's you always that? YouTube. There's always YouTube. Book them, Dan. Hawaii Five. That's 5-0. true. Go check it out, folks. Book them, Dan. All right, what are you doing? Okay, folks? here's what we're gonna do. I'm first gonna start with a quarterback who this year has been known for nothing more for a large chunk of the year than taking a knee. But so far, he's quietly the last few weeks. Played very well for the 2-9 San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's Colin Kaepernick. And here's the thing. They're playing the Bears. The Bears put up their fight last week, had basically a a beautiful Matt Barkley touchdown pass that he threw in a window that was tight, dropped at the end of the game where they could have had a great comeback win. I have a feeling the Bears are not going to put up as much resistance uh, this week at home. I mean, that's kind of one of those games where, you know, they tried and still lost. Uh, 49ers might even come here and get a, a win. And if they're going to do that, Colin Kaepernick's probably going to have to have another big day. So I'm going to roll with him against the, the downtrodden Bears. Then, uh, yeah, you know, next I, I, I need a running back. at FanDuel. Yes, it's 7,300 against a very beat-up and tired Bears defense. And then I'm going to roll with Mark Ingram, the running back from the New Orleans Saints, uh, I think he's going to cost me about seven grand. The Saints, uh, I think they're going to want to soften Detroit up a little bit. They're playing a quality team here um, with a good quarterback in Stafford. It's not going to be, hey, you know, we got a rookie coming in like they did last week with the Rams. I think they'll play a, 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 a more balanced ball game as much as the Saints can play with some balance, and I think that'll mean Ingram getting some carries, hopefully some carries down inside the five-yard line so he gets a couple touchdowns. So I'm going to roll Mark Ingram there. And then finally – as we all notice, our guy uh, Gronk is out. That means Tom Brady's got to throw the ball to somebody, and why not throw it to Julian Edelman, who will then become his favorite target for a few weeks until Man, do you uh, know Gronk recovers Brady's from that back surgery. He's going to throw the ball to some dude they signed this week that probably was uh, bagging groceries somewhere. That's a, that's what I hate about the New England Patriots and picking any of their guys. Just when you oh, think yeah. you know well, what's listen, going on. I don't even know who the you know. who's the other little white guy that runs around for them that actually has some speed. He catches balls now, too. I don't even know who um, he is. 
Amendola, man, but you know Bill Belichick will like go into the local. No, not Amendola. I know him. The other guy, Chris something or another. Oh, Hayes. He's from Chris. He's a, is it Chris Hayes? I don't even know I, these guys' names. Might be. I, I don't even know their names, and I'm not making that up. Some of them I don't even know their names, and yet yeah, they're and nine and two. Like That's the Patriots. Going to his local grocery and uh, be fond of the bag boy and tell him you feel like playing a game this Sunday, and then he catches six balls for 113 yards and two touchdowns. It's ridiculous. Yes. Yes. That's but how it works in New England. They just keep rolling. Okay. So now – with that said, that's our three picks. Kaepernick at quarterback, Ingram at running back, Edelman at wide receiver. And, and we're on for this week, you and me. Our lineups are set. Yeah, I think we're in for a good battle this week. All right, it's time to give the college football and the NFL picks on this show. My man, you're up, and you got you got three minutes to share your wisdom with us. Ready, go. Okay. Let's start with uh, the game tonight. We're going to roll in with the Washington Huskies and lay the eight and a half against Colorado. You know, Colorado's had a magical season, very good coach of the year. But this Huskies team, I think, you know, other than the stumble at home against USC, they've been dominant. They showed you what they're about last week on the road, winning by 28 in their rivalry game against a pretty good Washington State team. So let's roll with the Huskies, minus eight and a half to punch their ticket to the college football playoff. Next. Uh, we got Kansas State getting four points. There's probably not a better coach getting points on the road uh, in this conference uh, than Bill Snyder. TCU had their big game last week where they played Texas and beat them. They're disappointed. They're bowl eligible already. Their season hasn't been what they expected. I'll grab four points in Kansas State to get the outright win here. Finally, I talked a little bit about this game and kind of told you where I'm going. I love West Virginia minus 17. They have a chance for a 10-win season. Baylor's got a chance for nothing. They've got a lame duck coach. They've lost five in a row, I believe it is, at this point. So let's go and let's grab West Virginia, lay the 17 points for a blowout of the Baylor Bears. Moving over to the NFL. Um, first, we talked about it. Houston's 6-5. and five. They're going to Green Bay. Green Bay's 5-6. and six. But you know what happened last week for Green Bay? They started to get some of their mojo and their confidence back in that road win against the Eagles. Um, yes, I know Houston plays some defense, but I cannot support a team that plays offense like the Houston, Tech, Houston Texans. They're awful right now, and so an Osweiler has zero confidence. I'll lay six and a half points gladly here with the Packers at home. Uh, they win big this week. Next, for some godforsaken reason, um, the Lions play every game. They've played all 11 games, have been decided by eight points or less, which is one score. They're a 7-4 and four football team. This game, chances are, will be decided by one score or less. I'm getting six and a half points with a winning football team that plays close every week. I'll take the Lions plus six and a half at the Saints. And then finally, in the big Sunday night game, we saw how Tampa Bay undressed the Seahawks last week. Seattle's a very good team coming off losses. They tend to rebound. The Panthers lost a tough one at Oakland. They spent the whole week out on the West Coast getting sunshine, thinking about what could have been and then they're going to get blown out Sunday night by the Seahawks. I'll lay seven with the Seahawks uh, for a big blowout win at home. Spent the week out west getting sunshine. I like that line. All right, my friend. Uh, interesting uh, because we've got some of the games on here, same game. So um, we're going to have to, you know, go head to head on some of these. And so here's what I got. Uh, starting off in college football, I'm with you on this one, t- tonight's game. Um, Washington, you know, Amo, when they really have turned it up, when they're at their best, um, they've looked unbeatable. And uh, I think for, you know, obvious reasons, they're going to be at their best tonight. 
Colorado's had a great season. I just don't know if Colorado's equipped to handle what Washington can bring when they're hitting on all cylinders. And I'm going to bank on a coach like Peterson having Washington at their tip-top tonight. So I'm going to back Washington as an 8.5-point favorite in this game. I'm on the opposite side of you in this Kansas State TCU game. You know I'm a big fan of uh, Bill Snyder. Um, something about this line just smells for me. And you know what? Kansas State's good as an underdog, but they've got to be, they've got to be a bigger underdog, I've noticed. Um, when you kind of give them some respect with a line like this, um, they tend not to perform the way that we want. Kansas State doesn't just, they don't, at the end of the day, they just don't have enough offense um, when the line's like this, for whatever the reason may be. So I'm going to back TCU in this one. Um, still trying to do all that they can do, and they're uh, minus four, I believe, on that one. And then finally, how about yes, this one, are. man? I'm going to go all the way out west. One of the biggest um, and hidden secrets this year has been the Wyoming Cowboys. Um, this was not a good football team last year, but there's been a complete turnaround there. Not many people are paying attention to it. So the odds makers are trying to sneak one in on you. Um, San Diego State's gotten pubbed this year because of their running back, Donald Pumphrey. So uh, that's a reason for them to pump up this line. I think it's a little too high. Wyoming can play some good football, and they play tough defense. And I think you're giving them a little bit too many points here. So I like Wyoming. They may win this game straight up. They can play some pretty good defense. And I, I like them to get things done there. Sliding over to the NFL. Atlanta is uh, in this game against Kansas City. You know, Kansas City went out, Amel, and had an extremely emotional win uh, against the Denver Broncos. Um, and it was a great divisional win. This is a situation where teams will have a letdown. And the Atlanta Falcons are uh, pretty good at home. Um, they're an explosive team when they need to be, and uh, they're, needing, they're needing to put some wins together here. Uh, things are getting pretty damn competitive in the NFC. Um, I think this is a good spot for the Falcons against the Chiefs team. Um, high, giddy, and maybe a little exhausted after that big win uh, within their division. I'm on the opposite side of you in this New Orleans uh, Lions game. The Lions. Um, finally, you know, did something on a Thanksgiving and a turkey day. And while everyone will want to talk about, um, you know, that they got a win over the Minnesota Vikings and that they've had 10 days to prepare for this, I just don't think that matters here. The Saints look pretty damn good at home. And uh, they are starting to feel themselves a little bit. So I like them to jump up big bad in this one. And the line was a little fishy to me. So I'm going to back the Saints. Somebody knows something somewhere. And then... Uh, going out west, you remember I talked about the Oakland Raiders and how they uh, seem to take everything down to the wire and what's up with that? Well, you know what, Amo? I'm a little, I'm yes. a little tired of that deal. I'm, a, I'm tired of that. At some point, it's going to implode on you. And they just got really, really sloppy in the third quarter of that football game. I think it comes back to bite them this week. The Bills are a talented football team. They've already shown earlier this year that they can go out west and play tough. I think they played the Raiders tough here. And at 6-5, and five, uh, the Bills need to make some moves. So I think we get the best of the Bills this week, and they upset the Raiders and uh, kind of throw things a, a little bit sideways. So let's recap that. We've game. Chad's got Washington minus 8.5. He's got TCU minus 4. Wyoming plus 6.5. Atlanta Falcons in the NFL minus 4.5. The New Orleans Saints minus 6.5. And, and the Buffalo Bills plus 3. Very interesting. Yep. That's where we are. Your picks are in. My picks are in. We did the previews. We did it all, man. Your segment's over, dude. You're out of here. you got to hit the road. Start your weekend early, Mr. Calamino. Everybody, enjoy your games. Those of you in the playoffs, uh, enjoy the game. You have good luck in your game tonight. Enjoy the trip to Atlanta, and I'll catch you on Monday.
Thank you very much, my friend. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's high school football time here in the state of Florida, getting down to the nitty-gritty. I'll talk about it with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com when I get back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Football Friday edition. Emil and I took care of the colleges and the pros. Now it's time to talk high school football. And uh, what do you know? In high school football, they have this thing called a playoff where, like, teams got to win their districts and stuff, and then they go through rounds of the playoffs, and then at the end, they play, like, a championship game, and then they call people champions. I mean, what a novel idea. You know, maybe college football could adopt such an idea. It's crazy how they do it in high school football, and they get the whole thing worked out. Ain't that right, Joshua Wilson? I, it's, it's, man, it's, it's, these playoffs have been crazy this year. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what. I, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, in the garbage you know. can. Yeah, really. That's all all crazy. Uh, I think you and I expected Mainland to be in this thing, and Mainland is so not in it. Got completely blown out last week by Carroll City. Probably uh, one of the uh, you know the the most surprising results when I looked through the scores uh, last Friday night. Yeah, I mean I, that one that one totally blew my mind. I'm thinking seven points. Does all they like mustered up? I'm like, what in the world is going on? And they, it's like. It's just one of those things about mainland. It's just like whoever you know. And this is this is the problem I have with the FHA on this particular part. Why in the let me excuse, let me let me excuse my French here because I don't like to say it, but why in the hell are the Daytona disc schools in the South? They shouldn't be in the right. South. Yeah, who, they, they who drew those borders? Well, some of them say they based it on because of travel, but now because you got the new playoff format coming and stuff, you know what? The travel, you know what? The travel ain't going to matter because if you get seated in the region, 
you know, your region say goes from you know and for region four and district, you know, in 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 six A, you go from uh go go from Daytona down to Miami. It's not going to matter because it's not going to be pairing up with your next door neighbor anymore in the district. You might have where it's Mainland versus Carroll City in the first round. <laughs> you know, that's but Josh, is that, you is, know, is, is, what, is, is that the game we wanted to see in the final anyway? Let's say Daytona was in the north. Um, let's say Main, Mainland was uh, in the I, north. Is that the kind of game we wanted to see at the end? end? Yeah, I think that would have been a game that people wanted to see. In, 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 in my mind, Daytona should always those Daytona schools should always be in the north for anything. It's like you know, and then you, you look at Bishop, you look at the Orlando schools in District Thirteen, in Five A. I mean, y'all just mm-hmm. played Bishop more last week. Those schools yeah. should be in the north. <laughs> come on, come on. I mean, I mean, Tampa schools they, they can be in the south. I mean, that's that's fine. But Orlando and Daytona. Hey Josh, three on, hours into that bus ride, that crossed my mind too. It's like, why is mm-hmm. this uh, a north? team here that we're going to face we've been on this bus for a minute so you know i'm with you i'm with you on that one before we launch into you know the previews and actually what happened last week um you're a guy that's always on top of the leg the legislation and the rule changes and everything like that so what do we have uh, that's taken place here since you and i last talked last friday that fans uh, of high school football in florida would need to know and would be interested in well, they released ten of the assignments for the new change for the new playoff for the playoff format. They released those, really big the deal. biggest change. It's a big deal because a lot of the changes are in one A through four A, not so much in five A through eight A right this second. And I don't think just and, and explain to people why. On why because there's no more districts in one A through four A. Okay, they're mm-hmm. they're gone. It's now here's 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 your classification list and here's your here's your regional assignment. Here's, here's who's in your region? Four regions. Yeah, but you don't have to play anybody in that region if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that your those schools in one eight four are going to be responsible for scheduling ten games. So a lot of schools are trying; they're, they're getting conferences going, or they're keeping some conferences together. And a lot of these schools that are coming back in are independents, which they the FHA has managed to take out a good chunk of the independents and bring them back into the state series. So that right. has been uh, it's been really phenomenal. And now the question is. Are some of the powerhouses like Booker T. Washington, Trinity Christian, Bulls, are they going to apply to go up to five, you know, to a, maybe to a five A or six A district? That's the question mm. that remains to see. I know what, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? I think there's going to be a few changes, so some of those powerhouses might get the chance to move. But the FHA seems like they want to, you know, try to keep the schools where they're at. But we're not sure yet. We'll see what happens. But. There's a few, and from my understanding, there's going to be about five more independents come back in that are not that were not on the list this week when they first released it. But when they go to make the final, when the final list is put out next week, early next week, there's going to be about probably about five or six more schools that are come out from the independents. And and in that case, it, it cuts down a few more. It puts basically it's going to put the the number of independents they managed to get back at about a fifty at about fifty percent, which is good, I think, you know, to start with. And, and that's the that's the whole thing is like you know get these schools in and being able to you know yeah are you in favor something. of this? No. I'm in favor because you know the you know in my mind the thought process if they had kept to the status quo of what we've had we would probably would have been in a major crisis with dealing with okay okay can can we can you keep two A and three A at the numbers they're at potentially lose more teams to independent status. 
and then you all of a sudden have another issue as, oh, you know, you start to look at it, can you really support those two classes at that point? Now because of them bringing these independents back in, the numbers are, you know, I mean, the fact that, okay, 30, you know, they're going to have 36 in 1A, which is fine, because that's usually roughly that number anyways for the rural schools. But to have, they have at least 40 schools in 3A, 2A, 3A, and 4A, that's actually pretty good because 2A was sitting at 28, 3A was sitting at 28. So to get the number of those schools back in, that's pretty good for, 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 for all that saying and being done now. There was like one change in, in the higher classes. 5A Pompano Beach has been added to a district. I am told, I'm told that Archbishop McCarthy might be being added to a district. So, but I don't know exactly which one yet. Yeah, help but me out with that. So, told. to the casual high school football fan, uh, explain to us why all of those schools that were independents now want to go running back into, uh, let's just call it the the main thoroughfare. What's what's the reasoning behind that? And the, the the reasoning behind that it's they're coming back in is because now they can they, they especially for a lot of the smaller independents they don't have to be told they don't have to be told how to do yeah the who to schedule okay so that means if you're a team like in Jacksonville you don't have to go you know and you don't really you know you know you get you get, you get being blown out by Trinity Christian each year but you don't have to go play Trinity Christian now you can still be in the same region but in, now you could go meet up with them in the playoffs. If mm-hmm. that's the case, what happens to it? And then you, you know, that's 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 where you get a chance to challenge that. You know, where you're, you, you know, you've, you've worked hard for it all season. Now there's your chance. They just don't want to be right. told, oh, you have to play these powerhouses, and then you know, something, something, something bad happens. Which that's the thing, you know, that that's the thing. And for these schools, they they like this opportunity. Hey, we can compete for something without trying to, you know, go totally crazy. You know, if it, if it's meant to be that we have to play that powerhouse, then we'll play them when it comes time because that's a playoff. But don't tell us what to do yeah. during the regular um, season. That's what all the schools wanted. So. Yeah, well, it, it seems uh, everyone's happy right now. We'll just have to wait and see how all that, you know, you can't make everyone happy. But right now this seems to be uh, a good thing for all. Uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. All right, let's get back onto the gridiron and what's, going to be happening tonight as you know classes one through four a the matchups are set uh you know what before we even get to that what really what led to the decision by the fhsaa to put all of the games in one weekend Uh, you know i never we never really get did get down to that discussion what led to that three letters a b c (laughs) really three letters three letters a c c I'll tell you what that, that that whole the whole thing in North Carolina with the with the House Bill two there up there which caused problem which caused the, basically the Atlantic Coast Conference to pull out the game out of Charlotte. Orlando took, Orlando Orlando said, "Hey, we wanted it," and they they went hard at it, and that's what happened. So they got the ACC title game in Orlando this weekend, and the Central Florida Sports Commission, which is the 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 host, the host committee for the for the state championship games, they worked with the FHA to get it moved it into one weekend. Which which starts this one weekend deal a year earlier because they were going to go to it next year, being on right. one weekend. But we get it this year, which hey, I'm happy for. Give me all eight eight, eight, eight games in yeah, one man, weekend I, because listen, I wrote a whole article on this at the conclusion. Yeah, of I last remember year, that. You, know? you, you you really wrote a whole article on it. And, and, and to be honest, I think 
I think you can see. I think there's going to be more fans, even though there's not going to be an all, you know, an all, all, you know, an all-day pass kind of thing here with these games this mm-hmm. year because this was not they they weren't intending to do that this year because they didn't right. think they were going to have. Is that the plan in the future though? Happen. Because it just makes sense. I think that might be a plan in the future, but you know, I, in my mind, still, even with having to pay for per game, I think fans are a little bit more comfortable probably being able to pay for that. Knowing that, right. hey, you know, you only have to get a couple hotel room nights for one weekend, not over two weekends, and I think that's the sure. that, that's the that's the big thing. I, my, yeah, I mean, I might myself that, you know, um, um, right. and, and considering doing something like that. Let's say we're fortunate enough as a team, American Heritage, to make it all the way up there and play a game. You know, I'm I, I want to stick around and watch some of the other ones where I didn't even consider that because of the format in years previous. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, you could absolutely do that now because sooner you mean, hey, y'all like the five A game. Hey, you got you got the two A game that morning on Friday. You have the seven A game falling behind the five A game. You know, and I think I'm thinking the same thing for like a, um, you know, and then you got the you know the Saturday you know the Saturday games where you know hey you could have potentially have Carroll City in the six A game. You could have probably either Deerfield Beach or Southridge in the eight A game. Goodness, for South Florida fans, hey, you want to stay for those games now. Yeah, I mean, good football. You get a chance to watch. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, oh. and you don't you don't have to yeah. leave, go all the way home, and come back up the next weekend. It's a pain. Oh yeah, exactly. And see, I think you know, if that had been the case, if a one weekend format, if that had been the case over the last few years when we had Booker T and Central at these games, oh man, you would have you would have probably had more people coming up from Miami than than anything else. To be honest with you. Yeah. So. Um, I'm really glad that uh, they've been able to get that done and looking forward to the little tweaks that they make to it. All right, um, so let's start off in 8A. Um, Deerfield Beach, I, I don't know that we all expected them to be the one to make it down here to this to this semifinal, but here they are against a Southridge team that has played lights-out defense uh, for most of the year. They did have their scoring, their touchdown streak, uh, streak broken last week, but... Uh, you know, didn't deter them at all. Went ahead, won the game, won it comfortably. Does Deerfield Beach have a chance against this Southridge defense and team? Considering Deerfield Beach struggled, it looked like they were struggling against Atlantic. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is just. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have you have you, you, you Deerfield Beach. Yeah, you say, oh, we got home field advantage and blah blah blah. But you know, Southridge is a different kind of team. This is a defensive team that will will hurt will, will hurt you. And that's the, that's Which, the kind of thing, you know. Let's say the defense from championship. Are you call this the best offensive team that uh, Southridge has seen uh, for quite some time, maybe for the whole season? Hey, that, that's a potential. That, that's very much a potential. You know, probably since probably since going back to early in the season. You know, when you know when we, you know you took two L's basically during the, you know in the early in the early stretch of the season. But I think I think you know what for Billy Roll what he's been able to do you know you gotta look at you know he, he's been here he he's been here done that you know not you know in the, not a, well, just Northwestern but you had, you, know, you go back and look at what he did at Miami Killian you can't you you can't deny that fact and and that's the thing is that you know I I mean I mean you know for for, for Javon Glenn at, at Deerfield Beach you know I I give him I give him that you know for that. You know, being able to get to Deerfield Beach to this, you know, point, you know, is I think, believe the first time in a decade. But you know, again, 
you know, you got to look at the other side. You got to look at what Southbridge is doing. And I've been times where Deerfield probably, you know, you know, you know, I, I really think Deerfield probably could have won that game against Cardinal Gibbons. But they probably sat out some players. You know, that was a week 11. You know, they didn't think much of it, whatever. But then you also look at it, you know, hey, Atlantic about got you last week. You know, you're just probably tired. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, and, I'm, and I'm just, give me Southbridge in this game, please. I'm taking Southwards to win it all. <laughs> That's just uh, so I, that was going to be my next question to you is what do you think about the matchup up north and do uh, either one of these guys, I'm going to assume Dr. Phillips since they're a pretty sizable favorite, well, what do you, how do you like their chances against the winner of a Southridge and Deerfield Beach yeah, matchup? He, you know, Deerfield Beach, you know, I mean, Dr. Phillips could probably pretty play a pretty good game on, on, with Southridge, but, you know, again, it's just Southridge is a defensive-minded team. But then, yeah, if you look at the last five, six years, they always say, they seem to say the best for last in 8A for whatever reason. I have noticed happen that, again. that's been a great thing. It, it, yeah, that's been a great thing. And I think that might happen again, to be honest with you, you know. And, and you know what, if you, if, you know, it reminds me of last year, you know, with Flanagan and Osceola, you know, it was a defensive struggle for, for almost 48 minutes, you know. It was pretty much that, and that's the – and, and that's the thing, you know, and that could be the same thing that could happen again here. You know, we have a defensive struggle where Dr. Phillips, you know, doesn't get southward, you know, doesn't let Southward start doing and the Southwards don't let Dr. Phillips do anything, you know, and it comes down to maybe, oh, right, who gets the pick six or who gets a field goal? You know, that's the that that's the kind of thing. And you know what, those tight games, I think, kind of gets fans into it a little bit more. But then again, fans also get going when you get high-scoring shootouts. And, you know, I, 2012, Fosca and Cypress Bay. That one, that one still, that one still was where yeah, that was a best for last. I'll tell you that one right there. That was really one of the best for last games I've ever seen. Because yeah, yeah, that, um, that, yeah. That, you, there was no defense. It was just totally let's 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 see who can hunt the ball down the field the furthest. No, it was a fun. It definitely was a fun game to watch. In seven A, the big question here is: Well, let me start by saying this. I was surprised uh, at how close Pinkos has this St. Thomas Aquinas versus. Venice game. Um, admittedly, not a lot of folks down here know much about Venice, so there's just this widespread assumption here in South Florida that St. Thomas is just going to roll through Venice and march their where march their way on to whoa, Orlando. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. The St. Thomas is not just going to march through Venice. Nah, that's not that's not, not, not going to happen. What are they no up way. against? No way. I mean, Venice, Venice is just totally – this is – Venice is just totally – yeah, I think this, this game is going to – this team is going to test Aquinas. This Venice team mm. has looked really solid here in the playoffs. The fact that, you know, an East Lake team that only had one loss before last before coming into that game last week against them, and Venice just totally destroyed them. Hey, let's, let's, what let's, about the I level of this cost, is gonna be a you know, this is going to be this is going to be a test. This is going to be a test. I, I think Aquinas still comes out, but it ain't going to be as easy as a lot of people want to think it might be. Yeah, I mean that's the thought down here, and you know that yeah, understandably so because St. Thomas um, has been such a juggernaut. But um, you know, um, taking it from you here, this this is just not going to be a little cakewalk for St. Thomas, and I think people may need no, to know that. And it's not going to be a cakewalk, and if they get plant next week, it's not going to be a cakewalk either because they've got the mastermind of their defense back on their sideline, you know, at plant. 
you know, when, when they won state championship games and stuff like that, and especially in the early, especially, you know, when they when first when the first years of Robert Rainer was there at Plant. So if they get Plant next week, it's not going to be a cakewalk either. I don't think these next two weeks are cakewalks for St. Thomas Aquinas. You know, I still think they're going to win. I find very interesting, Josh, when I, when I sit here and, and uh, think about and look at Venice, is just what they've been able to do offensively. Only one school has held Venice under 42 points. Uh, this season, and, and they've just absolutely rolled up some points on some people, uh, even in the playoffs, 43, 64, and 56 points in their three playoff games. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is that uh, they've got a very they got a very potent offense, and that's what that's what John Peacock is known for developing. Uh, you know, the head coach of Venice, that's what he's known for. Have strong offensive un- units, you know, and they can put some great defensive units out there. As well, and I think that's what happened last week is that the defense played so well, offense clicked so well, defense played so well, it just came all together at one, you know, at one time. And you know, they say when teams start to peak, you know, you can tell. And that makes me be worried. Venice is starting to peak, and that's not that's yeah, not I, good news for St. Thomas Aquinas because you don't want that team peaking right before you're going to play them. Yeah, and then if you're St. Thomas, you've had a you've had a couple of uh, side distractions. Here the uh, last couple of weeks, you had a fight yes. after your Dwyer game. You lost a couple of guys, and then one of your, your uh, one of your running backs last week got himself put out uh, of the game and the rest of the playoffs when he threw a punch. So you got a lot of little side stuff going on here. Maybe it's not the cakewalk that people down here think it'll be. Uh, and yeah, I guess you're putting Plant into uh, that final. Is that what I heard from you, you there, know, Josh? I, I, I think Plant would be uh, Plant. Plant's still my logical thing, you know, at this particular point. But you know. Robert E. Lee, they got into a shootout with Barton Trail last week, but I, you know, the, the thing is, is that you got to make a three-hour drive to Tampa. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, you're going in, you're right. going into, you're going to hostile territory at Dad Stadium in Tampa. It's not, it's not an easy place to play for a lot of teams. And uh, to me, I just, you know, Plant, Plant has been on a roll since you know week the, the, the guns were fired off to start week one. You know, I think at this particular point, it, this is this is Plant versus Aquinas this year. And the seven mm-hmm. game, and I'm still, I'm sticking to it right there. Just to, you know, and I really think that will be a really good, really solid matchup. This will not be like Vieira last year where St. Thomas just rolled over Vieira. No, Plant's going to give them a game. You know, get, Plant's going to give Aquinas a game if that's Plant versus Aquinas. And, but you know what? If Venice, if Venice comes down there and wins tonight, that's going to be that's going to that's probably going to draw a very it's going to be a very very interesting matchup because. Venice and Plant have, have known at times to be playing. They've played each other, you know, get kickoff classics, spring games, that kind of sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and I think, trying to remember, I think if I'm right, yeah, Plant, you know, I'm trying to remember correctly, yeah, it was Plant and Venice. Plant and Venice met in the kickoff classic at the start of the season. So this would be a rematch of the kickoff classic with Plant versus Venice in the, in the state title game. So, you know, I think either or of the teams coming from the south versus Plant, it's going to be a very, very fun and interesting game to watch. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. Definitely going to be interesting. Is there a game here tonight between Carroll City and Charlotte, uh, or is this Carroll City's game? I I, I know you don't like to write teams off, but, you know, Pinkos has got Carroll City at 21. (laughs) If Carroll City is uh, the one that prevails tonight, when was the last time Carroll City was in the state final? Oh, man. I'm thinking, you know, I think – 
think the last time Carroll City was here in this position, I know that the last time I can I, I remember going back and knowing in my numbers right off the right off the top of my head, I know Carroll City played in the ninety seven six A game. I think that was against Lake City and Columbia because I've heard too I've heard a lot of stories about that particular game. Mm-hmm. With, with that mm-hmm. game and how, how, how Carroll City kind of upset Columbia in that game because Columbia was the favorite in that game actually back in '97 right. that was a Florida that was a Florida field by the way so I think you know and I, I don't know '97 can't be the last year because I know Carroll City was was getting hot right then in that stretch you know that stretch right. point, which actually you know what I'm actually pulling up the record book right now and I can tell you right off the bat when when was the last we'll time have to do and now. Mm-hmm. 2003, 2003 when they played Edgewater. Okay. And, and I, they, I assume they Edgewater was your winner. Yeah, uh, Carroll City won that game that year, 13 nothing over Edgewater, and that was at Florida Field. So, hey, uh, games, you know, see, you look at some of these games and you realize, hey, you, you, this is where you tell where you've had pretty good matchups over the yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a, a while for Carroll City, 13 years since they've been back there. And, uh, it, I mean, if we're going by Pinkos, it's – Certainly looks like they uh, are are going to make their return after over a decade uh, yeah. missing from uh, the state championship game. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you this. I just, you know, I, I've already, I, I I don't like writing teams off like you said, but I already wrote Charlotte off the minute the matchup was basically set. You know, it's like you right. know, like this Carroll City team's just on fire. Charlotte struggled. You know, Charlotte Charlotte had to play had to, had to come back at Fort Myers just to win it in overtime. This is not going to be. One of those kind of not games. a good match for Charlotte here. Who do you have up top? Navarre, Lake Gibson. Who's your winner? You know, I I thought Lake Gibson would would, would be the team that might emerge from the north, and I projected on the bracket. But as I've watched Navarre play in these these first three rounds, Navarre's getting re- Navarre's really really good at this particular point. Navarre went to made a six hour trip to St. Augustine, and I think Navarre. Navarre did a smart thing by going a day early. They actually left on Thanksgiving Day, made it to Jacksonville to, on, on that on Thanksgiving, stayed in Jacksonville, and was able to go to St. Augustine and be able to play them and you know, you know, knock St. Augustine out. At this particular point, you know, and then here's the thing: Lake Gibson left yesterday from Lakeland, so you know they they stopped in Tallahassee. So the question is now at this particular point, you know, is 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 the travel factor going to be much of an issue? Probably not. But Navarre's on fire, but then again, like Gibson, they are pretty good defensively. Definitely a, a, a score we're going to have to, you know, wait and, and take a, a look at here. All right, oh, and then finally, we're going to talk about yeah, yeah, Class 5A. Uh, us folks tonight, we have uh, we, we have what you can call the state's best running back, uh, you know, especially if you're looking at it statistically. But looking at him on tape, Malik Davis is that guy. Speed, quickness, vision, patience, breaks tackles, can run away from guys. Uh, we certainly have our hands full in this game against Jesuit, who has, um, oh, yeah. you know, like Venice, been rolling up some serious points of late. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, and I, I think I think for this game, it's it's going to come down to it's going to be it's going to be a full quarter game, and it's in the next is the last thing. Who has the ball last? You know, mm-hmm. whoever has the ball last, the club might win that game. That's, this is, you know, but I'm still, I'm still, I, and this is, a, I, I, this is not, this has not been been solicited by you, so you know, let's put that to the fans, you know, they, chat's not asking for this. Chat no, I know you always need to say this. This is, this is my own. I'm still, I'm still sticking with American heritage. 
you know, I've I've stuck with it since from the first round of the playoffs. I've stuck, you know, I stuck with it since before the start of the season. I said, okay, you know, American Heritage is probably going to be the team that comes and wins this this year because, hey, they're looking pretty good. They realized they made, they knew what their mistakes were last year, so, you know, they learned. Right. And I, I think, you know, in that case, you know, that's that's, you know, I'm going to stick with it. But you know what? Hey, you know, I in my mind though, it's whoever comes out of the South is either American Heritage or Jesuit. They're going to win it all. I just yeah. What, know what, what, do you, what, do, what are your thoughts on Clay and Ponteverde? What what what, do you, what have you seen from pa, those pa, guys? Pontevedra and Clay. You know, this is this is very this is very this is very funny. Both of those staffs know each other very very well. I mean, this is like you're, they're crossing the bridge basically. You know, this is just this is Pontevedra from District Four versus Clay from District Five. This is basically this is a. It's it's about as local of a state semifinal Close as you can ever get. Close proximity. We're talking we're talking we're talking maybe a forty minute drive at the most. You know, just you know, between you know crossing the Shands Bridge on the St. Johns River and between Clay and St. Johns County. That's that's the difference here. You know, and that's the thing is is that you know Clay's been here. Clay's done that. Clay knows what to do. This is Bonavita's first state semifinal. Some people think Bonavita's going to win it. I'm sorry, Clay's going to win this one. It's going to probably be Clay versus American Heritage. You know, talking, you know, twenty. It was the 2013 game, I believe, that was when y'all pulled American Heritage versus Clay. You know, that yeah. was a that was a very very one very interesting game. That time. Yes, and you, Clay Clay's a lot better this time. But I still, I'm still, you know, whoever comes out of the South, they may make it a one sided affair against the team from the North. So it's just it's 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 just that gut feeling. And you, sometimes you have to trust the gut to go with this. Yeah, and this on, is where I'm going a lot with the more gut. things that we care to, uh, to to realize. Yes, you do need to trust the gut. All right, well, man, that's all. That's all of it. And you know, next next week when we get together, and we'll you know um, you know hopefully we've advanced, and that means we'll have to do this on a Thursday because I know we'll be traveling on a Friday. Uh, we're going to need to talk about all of these. So um, classes one through four A, we're not yeah. going to talk about uh, because their games aren't until next week. But, uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on, Josh, and giving us the skinny on Class 5A through 8A. Hey, I appreciate it. And, yeah, and definitely next week since, hey, you know, the, the, when when they do the three games on Friday and Saturday, it's a 10-3-8 and 10-3-8. And so, you know, we're going to be, hey, instead of, instead of waking up maybe at like 11, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, it's going to be, hey, we're waking up at maybe 6 o'clock in the morning getting the coffee and doing Yeah, going to be know, some early wake-up calls for some people. Yeah, to see how they handle how they handle that. All right. Well, Josh, thanks a lot for coming on. Appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Have a good one. Thank you, uh, Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com, joining us here to talk Florida high school football. Well, hey, man, there, there it is. That's what we do here on a Friday, a Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. I hope you folks enjoyed it. We touched it all. We hit the uh, college football previews, college football picks, uh, NFL previews nfl picks we also hit the fantasy football focus sponsored by FanDuel, and then we set we put the cherry on top with the high school football as class 5a through 8a in the state of florida are going to uh send their teams to orlando for the uh, championship matchups today so um that's going to be an interesting watch on twitter and everywhere else following the scores and seeing who gets pushed through to orlando uh, a lot of joy and a lot of uh, broken hearts are going to be uh, taking place tonight in high school football in the state of Florida. And I want to I appreciate my guest, Joshua Wilson, coming on and uh, sharing his thoughts on the playoffs 
and uh, as well as uh, some other information that he had there for us. I also want to thank my co-host, Emil Calamino, for uh, making this fun, talking about NFL and college football. also want to thank all of you for listening to another edition of Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I'm going to tell you to enjoy your weekend, have some fun, watch some football. We're back on Monday to make some sense of it all. I want to thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.